0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I am still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Lara Tai. Lara was a social worker turned actor, improv performer, and dancer. She and I met during an improv fundraiser that she actually started and organized for relief efforts in the Ukraine. It was a Zoom improv fundraiser where she got a whole bunch of people from the improv community here in Toronto together to do improv live on Zoom. It was terrifying, it was fun, it was an incredible opportunity to meet some wonderful improvisers within the Toronto area, even though we had to be on Zoom. It was pretty great, and I keep in touch with a lot of the people from that fundraiser, so thank you, Laura, for introducing me to that incredible community. We talk a lot during this episode about empathy, Empathy is something that I've talked about a lot on this podcast, because I'm of the belief that being a creative, being an artist, being an actor is one of the kind of rare ways to truly develop pure, genuine empathy for others, because you're putting yourself in the shoes, in the skin, in the life of another human being, either a character or someone real or existing in the world that you get to portray. She and I talk about that in relation to her career as a social worker. Obviously, huge amounts of empathy in a career like social work, but how she's also pulled that now into her career as an actor and how much it has benefited her. I hope you enjoy this wonderful episode with the incredibly talented Laura Tai. The training is something, and again, we'll touch, I know we'll touch on that a bit later on, but the training is something I never in my naivete thought would be as huge of a thing as it really is.
1: It is the gold. When people see your resume, you, the doors that you think are closed will open just Mm -hmm. because of seeing your training and people look at your training. They don't have time. So what they will do is look at your training. They will. They will look at your training, especially if you're new. Mm-hmm. They will, if you have tons and tons of training, it communicates, hey, this person really cares about the craft. And that's what they're always, they're trying to look for who cares about the craft besides who does a good job. They're trying right. to look for a combination of both. Hmm. Because okay. they care. Like, yeah. from, you know, from producer to director to casting director to whatever, everybody's got the same passion you do. It's just going to uh, reflect in different ways. Even the money guys that are investing and finding the money for for the films, Right. They all are dre- professional dreamers. That's what I noticed, you know, and it's really been fun to be mentored and and meet them and just find the people that you can connect to that love stories, telling stories, you know.
0: So with that, yeah, tell me how you got into this business of acting.
1: Well, it started ever since the Care Bears were playing uh, their <laughs> tribute concert at Ontario Place. Good times. (laughs) I wanted to be not that person that's probably crying inside that costume but I wanted to be a performer and I actually staved off that dream because I'm like how can I do that especially being BIPOC like being Mm -hmm. I'm half Chinese and half East Indian so you kind of thought well there's not somebody that looks like me and I don't even think that they want that on there so Mm -hmm. it was kind of a journey but I was like train 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 so i started training from when i was young i got into um theater and band and choirs choirs was like train in choirs because that's going to teach you a lot you know especially in your like junior years do choirs right mm-hmm. um if you can it to teach you to uh, or if you really are adverse to singing tr- train in like your your you know your football t- like 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 a cheerleading squad or, you know, one of those things or any type of team, but get into a team and then continue your training. Because training is gold. Yeah. So you were
0: a very creative person growing up. And then, so did you pursue a career in acting like post-secondary? Or how did
1: you get to... No, tell me more. Because being Asian, and my Asian friends will know this and laugh, but I'm sure, honestly, it's a universal story. It's like your parents just are like, well, well, what does that pay you? Mm -hmm. Right? That's not a job. I mean, it's it's kind of, um, for Asian parents, it's like a nightmare. (laughs) So you're like, (laughs) you're trying not to traumatize your parents if you say... You're going to go into the arts full time. So um, I spent many years, you know, going into... I wanted to be a psychiatrist at one point, and I still love psychology. Um, But I really kept this as a hobby. I really like singing. Um, I did it every single night. I tried to sound like Whitney Houston and went through the depression of not sounding like her and then went through the joy of realizing I don't have to sound like her, but... Um, I really just enjoyed the arts for what it was. I, for me, it just really um, gave me an expression. It was really like an a, my second arm. It was just really true to me, and it's my highest marks. And I would just always deny it. I get the I, I get like you know like 80s or 70s in everything else, but then I get like 98. I get like 100 in, in music and dance and all these things. And I still stayed it off, staved it off, trying to do psychology and psychiatry and even though I sort of had some small little dreams, you can't really stop yourself from dreaming. It was like, oh, man, like, I'm going to, you know, listen to my Asian parents and practicalize. So going to school, going to university, um, you can't be stupid and being an Asian parent. I know it sounds like stereotypes, but there's a lot of us, you know, especially being Indian and Chinese, like these global powers, you can't be stupid, right? Um, so... <laughs> And stupid means not going to college. Like, again, it it will literally bring them into anxiety. So a lot of times you're trying to do things to appease your parent, your family, to just make sure that they don't go and have a heart attack. And then you get older and realize you're going to have to make the shift, you know, even if you're 25 or upwards, you're going to have to make that shift to being like, I'm going to do something for myself. And that, then you go through your own trauma of letting go of not appeasing your parents, right? So... But it so you- arts kept on finding me. Mm-hmm. Um, in university, I st- again, like when I was getting lower marks in other things, I was starting to get like high marks in cinematography and, and, and cinema studies. I actually did a a minor in Eng- uh, a major in English literature. My psychology degree ended up becoming English drama and um, cinema cinematography and cinema studies at U- University of Toronto. And then I went into a full-time job in um, uh, helping people and uh, have, helping impoverished people. Um, and I was there for a long time, And uh, but still training. I think for me, there's a part of me that was, whenever I watched a movie, I had to sort of be that person. I would I would literally visualize myself in that scene or how I could do that scene, you know. Um, and then I started off with singing, dancing, and then I went into acting. One of my friends just said hey, I really see you as an actress. And sometimes you really got to listen to your friends, you know, sometimes when they see you as something. It's really wise to tap into that. So when I tapped into that advice, I was like, you know what? This really is a great way to culminate your singing and your dancing career. Because then, you know, in singing and dancing, there's high expectations, right? you got to be like Brishnikov, or you got to be like Whitney Houston. But in acting, even if you don't do it well, it's considered a special skill. So, like... <laughs> everything's up when you're an actor (laughs) like your karaoke special skill you being able to put on slippers special skill you being able to open the oven special skill like it's just you know it all works when you were younger
0: in um in your family and they were pushing more towards a quote-unquote traditional career path what made you continue your creative your your creativity and your singing and stuff like that in choir and band? Was there a push to do music creati- creatively within your family or did that just
1: kind of come from from you? So ironically, my family is very very musical and artistic. Like I have a mm-hmm. lot of family that were are in the industry. Um and I would sort of be like, "Oh, you know, they're in the industry, you know, because they had parents that maybe weren't stressing them out my parents were like you got to do education and it's got to not be the arts right so I kind of had to deal with that for a little while before anything else but my other I, I, even from them I learned how to sing like they were the ones singing um but they were in practical jobs they were teachers and they were so- social workers and they worked for um PR and stuff like that the most is PR that they did so um I think going back to it it's it, as much as I said, don't be in the arts, they were singing all the time, dancing all the time. Music was very strong in my house. And um, that inclination was actually genetic. Like my family really is kind of the Indian Jacksons. And it's funny to see it because as we get to know most of the family, we're realizing they're in musical theater and they're doing it professionally. They're doing singing professionally, they're doing acting professionally. I have some I have some uh, family that are, you know, TV actors as well and things like that. And they're all doing well. And Mm -hmm. I just sort of looked at them and being like, wow, that's great that they did that. And they had the gumption to do that. And I was just kind of sitting back being like, I need to be in this practical job because it pays well. And I don't know how to navigate that kind of like life of um, being able to find your income on your own. I like these straight fixed jobs that gave you benefits. Right. And um, but. I still trained like through all that time I trained I've, I've got over 15 years of training like 20 years of training like I've got a lot of training I really trained when I was young I really started off very very young and um, kept it going um, because it was just very encouraging to me it was really how I was it, it's just part of you and I remember even being in university just going for my first musical And it just feeling like, really feeling like home, like being on stage felt more like home and standing on that stage felt more like home than actually just sitting down and watching TV in your home. I I can't explain it. And I think, you know, people that are in the arts, that are actors, they really know this. I just spent a lot more time denying it than I think a lot of other actors did at that time, you know. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't stop from training. So I was always training throughout my, I trained through my doubts, basically. And it was really hard because you're a person of color and right now we're talking about it the um that we're starting to see diversity come up really big Mm -hmm. right but it was really something that people must understand is very hard it's very hard when you don't see somebody like you and very much you're told you're not welcome here Mm -hmm. so for us it's we've got that second level of trying to pursue acting with that type of there's not enough stability for people yet you know when you go in you're like well i'm dealing with stereotypes i'm dealing with people already saying that they're not the stories that we want to tell mm-hmm. and we're saying that we're not welcome here so those were tricky things that we had to sort of navigate through and, and and it's really in the last 10 years have really changed i mean it's really i think a lot of us that are from either african canadian to me who's biracial who's chinese and indian i think we're all having such an emotional like moment to see people like us on tv like where you see black panthers or Shang-Chi or, or some of these stories you know it, it, it's it's the idea of acceptance you know and, and that's what we're really looking for through movies and theater acceptance mm-hmm. you know so I think for me it, it, it's a very roundabout way it's a lovely thing that I'm now full-time arts. didn't think I get here but I did but doing a job was amazing because you know it's I don't believe in the starving artist if you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, artists are very resourceful and it's about tapping into resourcefulness. So you don't have to be absolutely like starving or working a very dead end job. That's taking all your energy and all your, your, your artistic energy. Cause you're just trying to hold down that job. Like mm-hmm. you can um, have a full-time job. Like for me, even though I had a straight lace full-time job that would not necessarily give me the flexibility to go on auditions. I knew at that time that wasn't the time for me to go on auditions. That was the time for me to train. And I trained mm-hmm. so long. And my resume is really long when it comes to it. But it was also like I love doing this stuff. It was like the way I hung out with people, right? So mm-hmm. um you know, that came to fruition and I just knew that um this type of job, right? You know, you really need to be ready for it. You know, I mean we believe in the dreamer side of it, but there's long hours, There are at different times, uh mm-hmm. it, if they do a rewrite, you suddenly have to memorize it and be able to, to do it right away within an hour, you know, or half an hour. If they want to improvise on set, you got to learn it. You have to learn how to roll with those punches. Mm-hmm. And um, you also have to figure out how to, tra- like, you're morphing. As an actor, you're morphing into somebody else, some human being's other experience. You're trying to be a human being, just not the human being that you are. You're trying to be somebody else. And that takes a lot of journey. Um, it takes a lot to be that type of a storyteller and to use that much empathy and your soul into it, because some of these stories are very strong. Like one of the stories I auditioned for um, involved, you know, seeing a loved one die. And I had to go and you can't just mimic that with lines You have to find a healthy way into that and you have to go through that journey because that's what people are wanting to see. We're wanting to see life on the camera, you know, and Mm. it's, it's really not this kind of thing where it's like, Ooh, I'm saying a couple of words here and and there's a distinction. You are really going deep into somebody else's life and you're having to put their, 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 metabolism, their, their thinking, their, Their brain cells into your brain cells by experience. You're having to put their experience into you, and then you're able to challenge channel it out, and you you have a responsibility to that story because Mm. that's somebody's story, that's somebody's life, and so that's really as I even find the depth of acting because it's really tough. You're just thinking, oh, maybe I'm saying some lies. No, it's really this human journey that you're going through to push it out, and all the roles I've done uh, that I've and all the TV shows that I've auditioned for, it's like they've been beautiful, beautiful stories. And each one of them have been such a joy to have learned about that person's life and to be able to give it out on, 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 on stage. Cause maybe that person doesn't have the voice to tell it, but I can be that person's voice, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, I, I was given a lot of emotionally compelling work to sort of audition for, which was crazy. And I was like, wow, that just made you more deeper. And so I had seen some of it being in social services. Like when you work when you work for the impoverished you get to see people not at their best, struggling struggling and trying to find, you know, food, trying to find happiness and they don't have friends. They might be by themselves and we're their friends. So it's funny how social social work and working for the impoverished was a very much One of the most amazing backgrounds for me to be an actor, Um, because a lot of the skill set that I use use to help people in these, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of shelter work in Toronto. There's a lot of social assistance. There's there's welfare. There's all these things that are there. Right. There's a lot of food banks. Right. You get to see people really kind of, you know, go through their journey. And uh, it, it, it there's so many stories in that whole catchment you know I mean I really if an actor really wants to train I say like go go on one of these you know like sometimes they have like message where you just walk around the city and you hand out sandwiches do that and see what that does for you mm-hmm. um, and don't do it for the sake of learning a story to, for you to be a better actor but just it just allows you to be a better human and that empathy gets honed in so when you're putting it into the auditions that you get You're able to listen to it, pick up on it more because it's quite intricate, you know, Mm. Um, even for comedy. But when you're wanting to do films like these are very delicate stories and you can't just sort of be one dimensionally on the top surface level. You got to find your way in, but you got to find your way in in such a way that you don't get destroyed by it, because these are very Mm. strong stories. And uh, yeah, like I, I just think that like social work gives you a tough skin Um, because but you can't lose your heart because if you Mm do you know and that's the thing with acting too it's like if you're given all these stories but you don't have a heart and a sincerity a personal sincerity or empathy towards it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean why are you doing it like are you trying to just get that pretty dress I mean they're gorgeous are you trying to get that stylist are you trying to get Mm -hmm. thousands of people to know you because even that after a little while, you you get very... Uh, it's very draining, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, empathy is your way, like, into everything, you know? And I think that me working at social social services, like, working at, um, working at these uh, kind of... Um, helping the impoverished types of go- jobs. I did it because I wanted to grow in my empathy. I wanted to be a better human being. I didn't know necessarily at the time that I was going to be an actor. I was just like, I just want to make sure that I'm paying attention to life. Mm. And then that became... Suddenly, my life evolved into acting. I mean, it was just something that I was designed to do, but I always denied. And then I couldn't deny it anymore because it was definitely where my skill set was, you know, because I did all this paperwork, but, you know, like... And that stuff, like, your job, like, doing these strong careers gives you also a confidence outside of acting, like, Mm. where you're not arrogant, but you're not like, I don't need this other person to make me and, and define my value. You know? And I think that's the best way to come into the industry for, for the new actors that want to come in. And for me, who's still like an actor, you know, just trying to get my next role. But um I think, you know, this business, there's a lot of great people, but there's also a lot of tough situations that can happen as well. And mm-hmm. you got to know yourself before you come into it. You know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of questions you can answer on your own first before you have to ask somebody. So you you don't have to be a victim in this industry. Hmm. Um, but you can know the positive situations and you can know the ne- negative situations and you can be like, I'm just going to lily pad towards the positive situations, you know? Hmm. So I think that sometimes coming from another career, there gets to be that like beautiful like... Man, I just finished a a full work day. I have nothing to prove to you. I'm going to go to the pub and get my food and a nice drink. And who are you? High pro- high profile person? Don't care. <laughs> like we both like we both understand the idea of you worked, I worked and it's time to just relax. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. funny. It's it's funny how that disposition, I was surprised how that disposition translates across the board. I mean, hmm. You know, I think it's very intimidating and people want to meet these prominent people. We just had the Oscars, right? And people are dying to get into that room, right? But day to day, there's actually a work life that these guys have. And they've got a nine to five that they got to do. And they got that same kind of disposition, disposition of like, I just finished my job. Like, I'll talk to you, but let's joke. Like, let's not make it this really huge power play like i have no Mm. time i'm tired of that like i just want to listen to somebody who's going to tell me some fun story you know and ironically enough like you can go to these parties and just find one of the one of those people like i found that like when i've gone to tiff or some of these places right where you get to network you know because because i was a film i also went to film school and that opened up doors because everybody who um is a filmmaker or an actor on a high level started off like you and I Mm. at the beginning as a student, you know, whether or not they went to film school or whether or not they were trying to get that camcorder and make their first movie, everybody started off from that place. And so that's the place of camaraderie too. You know, like when I was mentored by different producers and different uh, directors, you know, and they are doing really strong work in the city and they've just been leveling up every single year. Uh, they just they just were like, yeah, I remember that time that I was paing. I remember that time that I had to get coffee for that person. I remember that time where I didn't have bus fare. you know. And they just have decent families that they're just trying to support and do this job that's a dreamer job. It's like, how do you make money off of a dreamer job? So mm. I think sometimes when I see people network, sometimes they're like, well, I need to maybe say something or be something. But you really don't. You just need to be who you are. Be very transparent and see who's willing to accept that mm. versus trying to be accepted by everybody. There's mm. not everybody. We're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but that's a good thing. It would be overwhelming if everybody liked you or you liked everybody. Yes. Yeah. Right. So when you're trying to go like and get noticed, because we were talking about it, it's like there's this mm-hmm. constant, say, constant question in every panel. How do I get seen? Mm hmm.
0: How but do I really, get in the
1: room? How do I get in the room? And I've been trying so hard. Why can't I get in the room? And it becomes so much pain. You hear it, right? And you're like, oh, you know, like, I, I understand that struggle. But that might not be the question you need to ask, right? Because to be seen is just to do the work. Just do the work. And you, and, and people will see. People who don't have, people want, like, they're doing the work so they don't have time to, like, like, what's the word, like, Every single day, somebody needs an opportunity, like they need somebody to work, right? So your opportunity can come. Like I used to have this saying that really did well for me, win by default, like you just stick in there long enough, you just train, but train, but stick in there long enough until somebody says uncle and says, yes, you come on to my project. Yeah. You know, and you just have to um, maybe, you know, be careful with your life and balance your life like make sure that you're going out on those paddleboarding trips and make sure that you are um you know um what's the word you're going to you know go on that date that you should you know like it's just you should do all those things but then on the other side you're trying to get noticed and try to do all this work here this way you got to um not ask that because then that that puts the power in somebody else's hands Mm. you know and then there's becomes this ego thing of like, maybe I need to say something that really isn't from me authentically, but hmm. I don't know. Is that the thing that attracts you? And it's like, not that it's like a lot of times people are willing to accept you where you're at. And the person that's not, is just not meant to be a part of your clan. Like there's a lot of clan building. <laughs> I call mm-hmm. it clan building, but
0: I love it. I'm true. Scottish. I
1: love the word clan. Yep. And it's so true. Like it's humans are looking for their clan. And yeah. as I go higher and I, I learn more about the acting world, you know, and i get into these rooms and i see people they're just it, the pretense is not there they're just trying to look for who's safe who can do the job and who can be fun doing it who can be part of this clan and who's who's part of this team that's why i think remember when i i think i was saying you know the best thing you can do when you're first starting off is join a choir join a dance troupe join a join a football football league it's, it it's really teams and it's this idea of or volleyball it, it's a great thing a volleyball team right like there's times when you are the setter-upper. Sometimes you're the server and you're the smasher. But each component is needed so that you can set out, send the ball over. It's the same thing with, like, movie teams. Like, sure, like, when in a movie you have, like, the main actor. But it's really, even that main actor knows that they are part of a team. You know, that's mm-hmm. why you saw, like, Keanu Reeves just uh, carry gaffer cords and things like that because you know, mm-hmm. he wanted to it's not because he's like a diva too like it's just he, yeah. want, he, he he's. I'm sure he when he goes to we don't ever know what these people are thinking right but I'm sure that like you know when people are on set they understand that 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 they're a team and to be honest the ones that keep on getting asked to work again whether it be acting or being directing or whatever are people that understand this team mindset You know, so it's like, I'm going to do whatever for this thing, this movie to go forward, right? When I was on set doing that commercial, it's now airing, right? We've aired it, right? Um, And it's very simple. I didn't have to do anything crazy for it, which was amazing. But I just, you always have to have bigger ears, you know? You just got to listen, really just What's happening around you? Besides knowing your moment to focus, Mm. you really should sort of balance the two, because if you just only focus on your lines, you you just be stressed because you're not engaged in the day, right? And then if you're listening too much to people, then you won't focus on your lines. So you just have to balance that time between the two. It's like you just really take a moment when you get on set, survey the land basically. What are people saying? What are people doing? Like. Listen to your first ADs. Do you know what your first AD is doing? I'm telling you, it's not the director, but the first ADs are going to be the ones that are going to tell you everything that mm-hmm. you need to know, right? Um, listen to what's being said by those guys. Listen to listen to what's being said by the PAs because you're going to know everything from those guys more than you're going to know it from the director. The director has so much on their plate. They have to really kind of manage so much. They have to manage like 30 to 100 people. And everybody's going to ask them to solve a problem, you know, and it's delegated between all the people. But that's like a lot. Right. So you Mm -hmm. coming into that world, you don't have to get overwhelmed. You just have to know that people are running around. Like you have to know the different parts, you know, of the body. almost, Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I think going back to initially coming from another job, it really helps you to understand that Uh, your knowledge of teams is going to be much more um, valuable to you then thinking what how do i say this word or how do i say my line like your lines sure that's obvious right you figure out your acting performance and you do what you need to get there but you must add on to yourself the idea that it's important for you as an actor to know what happens with like as many roles that you can see that form up this movie team or this commercial team to shoot this thing you know mm-hmm. um and and you will be the wiser for it. It helps you to get more jobs when you're like this. Um, and it helps you to also maybe find out another passion. Because um, mm-hmm. actors are kind of everything. And, you know, there's so many people that start off in acting, but found another role that they love so much, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that, like, when you have work experience from other jobs, I mean, not to knock waiting, waitressing, because that's a great character-building job, but... You can be in something like me. I was in social services. I was in uh, helping impoverished people. Um, you're, you know, you're in the medical field and there's so many more that's like that. So, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I just, I just hear so much when people are like, how do I stand out? And then the answer just never seems to be, you could tell it's not satisfying to the person when they hear it. Right.
0: hmm And it's just they're looking for they, the
1: magic. Yeah, like, get out of, yeah. outside of yourself, you know, and, yeah. uh. And you'll be excited for it because sometimes maybe the best friend you'll make on that set is not necessarily the other actors, but it might be that AD, it might be that PA, mm-hmm. it might be that gaffer. And to be honest, a lot of times those guys are the ones that will get you your, your information to your next gig. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So true. I want to touch on the lovely community that you just introduced me to yes. on the weekend. Um, This will not air with the right timeline, but you introduced me to a wonderful group of human beings, improv human beings, and we took part in a fundraiser for an incredible, incredible um, foundation to raise funds for Ukraine. But what an amazing group of people. Online improv community Tell me more about that beautiful clan that you have of improvisers and comedians.
1: Well, this is the thing. It's like, like, there's so many ways that human beings are making community and clans. And it's like, as an actor, you can build community when you're waiting for that next gig or that next big break or whatever. Like you don't have to wait for that. Sometimes even just doing something where you're just building community can be satisfying to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so well, there was a need. Obviously, we know that Ukraine is um, there's issues, war issues in, in Ukraine, and, and our hearts go out to that because uh, there's been a lot of issues of war, whether or not you're Ukrainian or Chinese or Japanese or or, or Afghanistani or anything. There's been a lot of war. You know, people are very warring people and they've been put in dire situations. So um, I think just empathizing with, you know, I even want to cry right now. It's like these poor families that are being torn apart. And having to deal with that. So um, I had a friend that went over right away to do some of the relief work. And I've known him for years. So I knew that his organization was one that was just really going to help the people. So I knew that Mm -hmm. all I needed to do was raise funds, you know. And because I had been a part of the Toronto Improv Community, which is an amazing community, um, you know, we all get together and we've been working on our craft, whether or not it's to be better actors for professional reasons or whether or not we just love improv and we like goofing off with our friends. Like for maybe two years, this group of people, we were all online doing improv shows online for two years. Every awesome. every Wednesday, every Sunday, we were doing this and uh, we really became friends over it. And there was like... Comfortability that we all had, you know. And so, I said, "Listen, I I don't know necessarily how to put this together. I don't know if I have that personal draw that I could get people to want to donate with me. But I just knew I had faith, and I was like, I'm not going to limit myself. Let me just ask my friends and see who will come. We built up relationship for so for for that long, right? And one by one, you know, I asked my friend Chili, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to do this," you know. And, uh, him and I got together and then we asked some of the people that we had been improvising with for so many years. And they're like, yeah, you know, because they knew us and, and, uh, they knew that we had already demonstrated that we are not only just friends, but that we had done projects because I produce, I produce improv shows in the city, uh, local improv shows in the city for people to try improv, you know, mm. um, and just build community and I've enjoyed it as well. And so we had this show that was, I didn't even realize it was on the Oscar night, so I found out about things that happened at this Oscar later.
0: Yep, me too. Um, yeah.
1: and so my conversation wasn't about what we're all conversating about right now. But my conversation was like, in one hour, uh, we raised about $800 online. It was so much fun.
0: And this goes against the team aspect of it, because this was completely self-serving for me. And that yeah. I am still on a high from it because I had never really done anything like that before. It was just, I've done some improv, but it's always been with people that I know, Mm -hmm. right? Like friends. And these are people who I've never met. um, And it was just, I was so filled with just warm, oozy joy the whole time. I was just, I had to mute myself because I was just cackling the entire time, even though I know you want, they were like, yes, we want to hear people laugh. I'm like, nobody wants to hear me laugh as much as I'm laughing. I was just so, I was just so happy. It was just so great. Like, what a wonderful group of generous humans, especially you. Like, it was just wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. It so good. (laughs) That's another thing, too, right? Like, I think it's about vetting out your clan. I mean, I didn't necessarily have some huge criteria, but it was just the idea of whoever was going to come. I was also going to make sure that they were safe, you know? Right. Yes. The people that I asked to be a part of it were very generous people. They're very loving people. They're very decent human beings. doesn't mean that everybody's not in comparison. It just means that, like, these people, I had a specific intention of asking them. They were not only people that were great performers, but they were just lovely people, you know. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, they actually book a lot. A lot mm-hmm. of those people mm-hmm. have got a profession. That's why when we, I was able to sort of list what they did, it was quite prominent stuff that they did, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had actors that were on TV series regulars, and we had people that were doing uh, their strong promo- show promoters in the city. They they create great comedy shows for for community to learn how to imp- do improv. Like they're all very supportive people, and so that's really important too. Like one of the things was not only to raise money for Ukraine, but to make sure that the experience for everybody involved that that was enriching and that was growing mm-hmm. for them, and that was about their supporting their well-being and their mental health and and making sure that Mm -hmm. each player felt that great way as well, you know?
0: Do you have any crazy fun on set,
1: memorable on set or in class or in improv stories? Okay, this one was really fun. I was dancing in a Nelly Furtado music video, right? Um, It's a long time. What? Yeah, like a long time ago. Because Nelly's like, Nelly Furtado actually, she's a Torontonian, like, yeah. Uh, right? She's beautiful. She, and she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous okay. oh, in yeah. person. Yeah. Uh it's quite striking. And so um and by that time she was a mama too. She looks so young and she was a mama. But yeah, um, I was not even a principal dancer. I was one of the extras. Cool. And uh we were in the music video and stuff, and so at one point um, because I had known the pr- principal dancers, like I dance as well in the city, but at, just on, at that gig, I wasn't hired as a principal dancer. Um, I was more background and I knew the principal dancers from the dance scene, right? And again, it's about building your community and building your friendship, right? So we had this beautiful kind of camaraderie with each other, which showed up on stage. So at one point, um, I was, uh, one of the principal dancers, her name is Ac. Um, and she's a beautiful Director Now she's a director, choreographer um, in Canada, uh, really putting forward African-Canadian dance. Amazing, uh, striking, beautiful girl and just a beautiful dancer. She's one of the principals. So (laughs) her and I have a very joking relationship. So at one point there was a dance circle. So her and I really went like as if we were like, we went so deep into dancing. Like it was almost like a dance challenge. And we were laughing. We were having so much fun because we had that rapport, right? And we've been on other music videos together before too. Um, but at that moment everybody was it just caught the moment in excitement, right? And so like the then then all the cameras got on us and, and just kind of videotaped us all and stuff like that. And so sometimes when you wanna level up, it's like how do you wanna be seen? Just do what you were authentically meant to do and asked to do and then you just level up, right? So I just found that like a lot of times it was like literally taking the direction. If they told me to stand in this one place and do a certain thing, I just made sure I did that. And then it would just level up right and so
0: yeah
1: that was a moment where they invited people to go and do a dance thing but because I had had this relationship this friendship with AC for a long time Essie, for a long time um you know we were able to play off of each other and then that sort of through got to a fruition of a moment right and so Mm. um it was just I think you know sure you get more of a look right people can look at you right but I think for me, I love it because of the energy. It was a true like dance moment where we just really caught the vibe of the joy of dancing and, and loving it, right? And um, um, I think they tried to get one of the principal dancers to, to recreate the same thing, but they couldn't. <laughs> mm. It was just it wasn't insane. authentic. Yeah. It was just such an authentic moment. So it's like I think instead of having to be seen, I think try to how could I make friends. But really, it's going to be easier if you just take the acting classes, take the film classes, take cinematography classes, do that, do that work, and then you'll find your way up to the next level. You know, mm. and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I really appreciated going back to, um, what's the word? Film school. I really appreciate going back to film school because the people that I get mentored by, they are TV film producers or series regulars. These they are these people that people are dying to meet, right? Mm. I'm very protective of, of not really sharing too much about their personal life. It's so yeah. important.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: what I can generally say is that, you know, they're looking at that person that went through film school, or they'll look at that person that went through five years of RADA or five years of straight improv school, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not just even just the clout the clout of your resume. It's just... The empathy that you went through the same experience that they did, you know, like Mm -hmm. I remember this one, one of my mentors, he was like, we were talking about wrapping cord (laughs) because there's, when you go to cinematography, when you have cinematographers, they want you to pass lenses from light to, from left to right. So you have to sort of, you have to take it with one hand and then you have to hold it underneath and you have to do this, right? That obviously changes a little bit, but just like how ballet has its structure, you actually have cinematography structure,
0: mm. and it's sometimes
1: like how you move equipment or how you wrap cord. You have to wrap cord in a certain way so that the memory of the cord, like you know, basic cord like this, yeah, it has to be it has to be wrapped a certain way. So we yeah. were joking about going through that experience, and we didn't necessarily compare what we did, but we were laughing. And that was the thing that bonded us, and that was the mm. thing that sort of said, okay, well, let, now that you know about that, I know that I can trust you, because we've had similar experiences. Let's, let's take you here. Let's take yeah. you there. And I'm like, wow, because, you know, the stereotype is, is that there's mean people, and I need to put up my ego to protect myself. It's like, no, there's a lot wow. more nice people that are trying to, you know, just like you, stay away from the mean people, and they're just trying hmm. to do an honest day's work. Yeah. and. Those people are the ones that you want to meet and really do business with. You don't want the people that promise you the world and, you know, take you up too fast. You want those people that you're going to work side by side with. Because yeah. then you're going to have more of an authentic journey that won't trigger your mental health. Because sometimes we've heard of the good situations in Hollywood and we've heard the bad situations in Hollywood, right? Hmm. Your training is going to help you navigate through that so that yeah. you don't you can protect yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Not with walls, but with knowledge, you know? Yeah.
0: And with a foundation, yes. right? Like if, with that strong foundation, you can use every analogy about building houses on sand it's or really brick that. or whatever you want. But it's it's true, right? If you have a solid foundation that is unshakable and you know you can fall back on, the rejection and the weirdness and instability and uncertainty of this industry becomes so much more manageable because you have a solid
1: foundation for sure and 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 if you want to bring certainty in your industry Mm -hmm. it's through relationship Mm -hmm. because you may not know your next gig but you know your friend and your friend might be like hey you know I remember I was talking to some professional ADs because if you really want like I said if you want to know the schedule if you want to find out what's shooting next all the ADs talk to (laughs) each other all yeah like, TIFF is like the Christmas part is like the work Christmas party. It really is. So a lot of times people just want to be like, hey, you know, like, what's in the potluck? What did you bring? You know, like, you know, and some mergers happen because selling happens and marketing and distribution. And it's really worth it if you get to know a little bit of that stuff. Um, But, you know... <laughs> Like, like they humans are really looking to connect and, and yeah. you'd be surprised how simple things on set like you have like a high level set but if if it's ice cream day everybody gets excited including, yeah. the, celebrity, <laughs> so including, the, including the celebrity actor that's there yeah it's right? so true <laughs> you know, so ice cream day. Oh, did yeah. you get sprinkles? Oh, that's great. Right. <laughs> and it becomes this joke. And you're like, meanwhile, they're doing like a, like a Marvel movie or something, you know, like you're, yeah. just like, you're doing this amazing movie that you're like, you think that everybody needs to be on their P's and Q's. It's like, yeah. yes, everybody's, everybody knows it. Everybody knows their job. That's why they've been pulled into this environment. But yeah. ice cream day is ice cream day. You know? Yeah. Humans are think, humans. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you just got to remember they're humans. And anybody that's making you feel intimidated, then maybe they, you don't have to worry about appeasing them. It's just, Hmm. you're looking for the people that you can be human with, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is there anything that you are looking forward
1: to this year? This year, I want to be honest, I'm just looking forward to getting on a (laughs) paddleboard. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm like, but Toronto weather, uh, Toronto water, can't you just clean up? But I think I really want, I'm training for a series regular. I'm hoping to get that. I'm doing my hardest. I'm auditioning like crazy. Um, That's what I'd like to do. But I'm making sure that I'm up on my training. Like, I know we've been saying training like crazy. But I'm like, that's the door that opens everything. And you don't Mm. have to spend tons of time. Like, you also have to know when... Um, your education, you're going to have to not worry about talking to your teacher about something. It's going to be a time where you have to now assert that you're a professional and you're going to make these decisions in that industry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can you can never have enough training, wherever it may be that you get it from. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's the way that you're going to get seen. It's the way that you're going to open the doors. And it's going to be the way that you're going to open doors for yourself, because really this industry is about opening doors for yourself. Mm-hmm. you know, and finding how to do that professionally and getting on your team and stuff. But like I said, going to that regular job, it's going to also develop the confidence that doesn't make you dependent on people's words in the industry, you mm-hmm. know, in, in in an unbalanced way where you're like, you don't know, and you're waiting for them to accept you and they don't and then it's really ha- havoc, re- wreak havoc on your world, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shouldn't be that if you don't get this opportunity that you're like devastated to such a personal level that you can't function, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? For sure.
0: I think in having, again, it comes back to the foundation, right? Where if you, like you have your people, you have your, yeah, rejection is hard. If you don't get the role that you worked so hard on, you become emotionally invested in. Yes. I mean, because that's the most beautiful part of this job is how emotionally invested we can get in some of the roles that we get beautifully delivered into our inbox. But, yeah, being able to step out of it healthily and continue is is tough, but I think it, like you're saying having that foundation and that foundation of training but also community will help you get through that.
1: For sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just you've got a life and this and the acting is a part of that beautiful life. And and that's kind of what people are looking for. It's like what in your life can you show in your acting that they don't mm. know about? You know, you're not you're not so much of a victim to people as people may think. You know, I mean, mm. I've I've met up with casting directors who have got a home life and they want they appreciate ice cream day just as much as every I've met I've met producers that appreciate a good a, a good joke that doesn't yeah. have to be a, a set up line. They appreciate just, you know, um I remember this one producer was like You know, he was just setting up blinds in his office and really excited to do that for himself, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the people that are coming off that are intimidating, you know, maybe you want to look behind that curtain, you know, Mm -hmm. I just think. And what I did when I looked, training helped me to look behind the curtain, especially film school and acting school. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was a lot more people that were, like, humble and working hard to try to make sure that everybody eats and everybody's on the show and everybody gets their dreams done. That's mm-hmm. what I saw. And yeah. it can sound idealistic, but it's very true. Like it's not so, the whole the whole industry isn't intimidating. It, it's what you make of it, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's people that have got great senses of humor. There's people that by by the time they're finished, even the industry, right? Like they have their downtime and they're walking their dog and they care about, you know, what, vintage record that they bought the weekend afterwards like it's just don't talk to them with one level that you you're the casting director or you're the director or you're and you you know whatever it's 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 about finding those people that are humans and just kind of having that human conversation because yeah I don't know I'm sure you've heard it too it's just there's so much intimidation and I Mm -hmm. just think it's it's almost to the point where I'm like, but I know that person, and it's not who you know it's i I have gotten to know that person, and yeah, and they I'm sure don't want to be demonstrantized like that even mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to like they just like their job, they like yeah. telling stories, they like movies growing, and they trust me, there's more casting directors that are your friends than mm-hmm. are not, and even when they totally. don't invite you to an audition, it's because they're doing you a favor they want mm-hmm. you. To, they want you. They want your best. They know that you have your best. They're not so black and white. They know that you grow. That you're on a growth period, and they want to make sure that when you get brought to to the next level, that you're shown at your best. So they're actually protecting you as well. They're okay, we, we want to make sure that the best people are there because you're. It's it's fair. You're. I mean, you're getting paid a lot of money. You're getting somebody else's money so it's kind of not fair if you're not well trained for somebody to give them to give you their trust and their money like, yeah. like a big money because commercials are big tv shows are big you're gonna learn, lo- you're gonna earn anywhere from 500 upwards mm-hmm. you know even 250 is like a lot for an hour you know like mm-hmm. when we're thinking about it but you know you're getting like a lot of these commercials they pay anywhere from like they pay about 5000 upwards and then production mm-hmm. might take care of if you're traveling outside and, you know, you're shooting up in Mexico or some of these studios, right? They're going to take care of all of that. Mm-hmm. They're literally going to handhold you. So you got to be in a way worthy of that pay,
0: totally. you know? Yeah.
1: And so that's the thing that you got to think deeper than how am I being seen or I'm not being seen. It's like, well, what is the true job of this? The true job of this is a lot. And mm-hmm. it, it's not for the weary. You know, you You have to audition like 50 to 1. Literally, you're going to do 50 auditions, maybe get one callback or one director session. You might do 200 auditions before you actually get booked, you know. But mm-hmm. that's actually not a discouraging thing. That's literally the odds of the job. Like, that's mm-hmm. a practical yeah. odd of the job. And yeah. you can really... I know everybody wants to get booked, but you can really... Um, Take value in the fact that you got you did a hundred auditions. Like when people are audition- inviting you to the audition, that's no joke. That that alone is beating out quite a bit of people, you know. And you keep on getting reinvited and reinvited. Or if they give you two roles versus one role, you know, and you still don't book it. But the thing is, they gave you. They're trying to, you know, like there's so many there's there's so many people involved in the decision that you know it, you, there's things that you can take personally and things that you don't have to take personally. Yeah. You know, and so that's the thing where, you know, I think my conversation has been flowing from one to the other. But it's just, I've heard so many times where people almost hurt themselves by asking these questions that would hurt yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're you're allowing somebody else to choose your worth by saying, "How do I get seen?" You know, yeah, you are seen. You absolutely are seen. They are seeing you. It's their job to see you. It's it's their job to do more accepting than rejecting because they can't afford to reject. Rejecting is also hard for them because when you're booking a gig, because I've done casting too, right? Like you're just you're on this timeline. You just the people you've chosen, you've chosen for a reason, and you're just Mm. hoping that one of them can do the job, you know. And you know that you're not actually when you get invited to audition, you're not actually one person that can do the job. All of you guys can do the job. It's just now the deciding of like literally some other things that do you fit the profile or. Are you are you bringing something that you know is a special? Like, mm-hmm. like that's how it works. It's micro kind of decisions between the yeah. decisions. It's not it's not all or nothing. Like you're good and you're bad. It's not like that. It's like, mm-hmm. and then they have the charitability of understanding that it's tough to audition. And they're like, well, yeah. if it's not her now, it's going to be her some other time. And isn't it amazing when she does get to that moment of like mm-hmm. growth, and, or he got into that growth? And look at him now. Like I really feel like. I've had a lot of casting directors really be so generous. But yet, I value the fact that I trained. So Mm -hmm. I made sure that I was worthy of being called. Right.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Lara, for being my guest this week. Thank you for introducing me to your wonderful improv community and including me in that fantastic fundraiser. I still... I'm you know, coming off of that creative high. It was such a fantastic experience. If you're enjoying these episodes and enjoying my podcast, I would love for you to leave a review or rating wherever you find your podcasts. This feeds the algorithm monster. This is how people find my podcast, and I would really appreciate it. It'd be very, very kind of you. Thank you very much. I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume, additional sound editing by David Studio, additional video editing by Jackie Wadoer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancy's, Judgy McJudgerson's, or Debbie Downer's, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!